Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brighton Krumah. Reverend Brighton Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. We are grateful, we are thankful, we thank you Lord for this moment, we thank you for your spirit, we ask the Lord that you give us of your holy anointing, your holy spirit to teach us in the name of Jesus. I avail myself as a vessel, Lord just as I am, fill me and use me, minister to us in Jesus name, Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus and you may be seated. Wonderful. I see Shakira and Donna are also back. It's too powerful. Wonderful. Well, today for a few minutes, I want to share with you or begin to share with you how to become a devoted member. How to become a devoted member. How many of you would like to know how to become a devoted member? Amen. See, we've been praying and believing God that we shall become a mega church, haven't we? We are believing God that we are a mega church and that is what we are. But God will not add. God will never add to us if we ourselves are not devoted. Hallelujah. If we ourselves are not committed, God will not add to us. So we want first to become committed, devoted members. And then God will add to us. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2 and verse 41. Acts chapter 2. And verse 41, it says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things come on, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they continuing, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Amen. Amen. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. See, everyone who considers himself or herself 
a member of this church is expected to be a devoted member. You know, there is a difference between just being a member versus being a devoted member. There is a difference. Say, I am not just a member. Say, I am not just a member. I am a devoted member. Say, I am a devoted member. Why are you not saying it loud? I am a devoted member. Yes. Say, I am a committed member. Yes. Ask your neighbor, are you devoted to the church? Demand an answer. Ask, say, are you devoted to the church? Or you are just hanging out with us? Ask your neighbor, are you just hanging out with us? Everyone who considers himself or herself a member of the church must be devoted. You must be devoted. You see, we all like people to be devoted to us in whatever relationship we are in. Whatever relationship we have, we want people to be devoted to us. We expect that people will be committed to us. And with God also, he expects that we be committed to his church. God expects that we be devoted to his church. Hallelujah. Amen. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 15. He says, I know all the things you do. I know all the things you do that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Amen. You see, God does not like people who are lukewarm. He wants you to be either with him or not with him. God likes devoted members. He likes committed members. He wants you to be committed to him fully. Amen. Either you are in it or you are not. Either you are not in it or you are in it. And if you are in it, then you are in it fully. He says he does not like people when they are lukewarm. A person like that, he says, I will spit you out of my mouth. Amen. So when the members of the church are committed... It makes a church attractive to others. When the members of the church are committed, it beautifies the church. It makes the church attractive to outsiders. We cannot expect people to join us if we ourselves are not committed. If we ourselves are not showing commitment to the church, then we cannot expect that people will join us. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. If we want people to join us, first, we ought to be committed. We ought to be committed. The scripture says in verse 43 in um, Acts chapter 2, it says, And fear came upon every soul. Fear came upon every soul. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And fear came upon every soul. They were steadfast. That means they continued steadfastly. There was commitment. And fear came upon every soul. The Amplified Version says, And there was a sense of awe 
or reverential fear that came upon every soul. There was a sense of awe. There was reverential fear. There was special respect for the church because of the commitment of the people. Hallelujah. The New Living Translation says there was a deep sense of awe. When they continued steadfastly, when the people saw how the congregation were continuing steadfastly, he said there was a deep sense of awe. Deep sense of awe. When the members of the church are seen to be devoted to the church, it brings about a deep sense of respect, a deep sense of awe. Hallelujah. It lifts the church up. It beautifies the church. When people see committed members, when people see dignified people like you who are committed to the church, it brings a sense of awe. It brings respect for the church. And that is the kind of congregation that Christ is looking for. Amen. 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 Are you understanding what I'm sharing? Yes. Yeah. When great people like you are committed to the church, it brings respect and it brings honor to the church. It brings certain aura around the church. It sets the church on a certain pedestal because of your commitment. Can I have an amen? Amen. You see, Jesus also had committed members. Jesus had committed members. He found some people and he called them. And these people were committed. And their commitment attracted others. Their commitment to the church was attractive to others. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes, when you are committed, your commitment attracts other people. It attracts outsiders. Your commitment, you see, that is what the scripture we're sharing. It says, and make it manifest the savor of the knowledge of Christ in us or by us in every place. It make it manifest the savor of the knowledge of Christ. You see, our, our, our commitment can give certain information to outsiders. Our commitment. How committed we are to the church. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 27. He says, Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. We have forsaken all and followed thee. That means all of our hearts, our everything now is with you. We are committed to you. We have nothing else. This is it for us. This is all we have now. Our heart is in this. All of our mind is in this. All of our strength is in this. He says we are committed. He says we have left all and followed you. We have left all and followed you. They left their fishing companies. They left their businesses and followed him with such commitment. And that was attractive to others. Dignified people, somebody like Matthew was following. Matthew was called. He was a big time guy in the internal revenue. He was a big tax man. The IRS, 
Amen. Amen. And when Jesus called him, he came, he followed. And he's, he was willing to pay back people who have, he has overcharged in taxes. <laughs> to give refund. Amen. Amen. And be committed. Commitment. Commitment. And these people's lives made it attractive for others. For others who are even skeptics. For others who are even doubtful. Amen. Amen. It makes such skeptics like Thomas. Thomas, he doesn't believe anything. Thomas, unless he sees, he doesn't believe it. But even Thomas... A skeptic like Thomas was able to join because of the commitment of the people who initially joined. Because of their commitment. There are some people, they don't believe in churches. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in salvation. They don't believe in Christ. But your commitment becomes attractive to them. Amen. Amen. Your commitment, it becomes attractive. Some of you, sometimes you are even embarrassed to even invite certain people to church because they are too big. Do you understand? You are embarrassed to even invite your managers to church. You are embarrassed to invite people who are of integrity, dignity, people in high positions. You are embarrassed to invite them to church. You don't want to invite them to church. True or not true? Yes. You don't feel you don't feel that church is for such people, but your commitment, your commitment. They should see the commitment in you. And then sometimes it's just that to be the invitation when you are committed to the faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. John chapter 1 verse 43. John chapter 1 and It says, the next day, I'm reading the New Living Translation. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Now Philip went to look for Nathaniel and told him, We have found the very person, the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. You see, the commitment, you see, he, when he met Jesus, he says, this is him. This is the pastor. This is the pastor. And he went about inviting others. And someone like Nathaniel, Nathaniel was not an easy person. Nathaniel does not just follow anything. Do you understand? But with Philip's commitment, he says, look at the invitation. He says, look at the introduction of his church. He says, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets were talking about or wrote about. We have found that very person. He says, look not anywhere. Look nowhere else. Look nowhere else. This is him. We have found him. And so, you see, when you introduce the person like that, then the person becomes alert. The person that you are inviting, because he sees the commitment in you. 
It says how you are committed to what you have found. Kwame, do you understand? Yes. He says, his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And then Philip will, uh, Nathaniel will ask, Jesus, who is that? We've never heard of him. He says, Jesus, the son of Joseph. He says, Joseph, which one? He says, Joseph, the carpenter. He says, come on. He says, you want to convince me. Tell me about someone. You're talking about someone that Moses and the prophets have written about. He says, Jesus. We don't even know him. He was never mentioned anywhere. If you are talking about someone by name Elijah or Elisha carrying a name like that. But Jesus, he says, the son of Joseph. He says, oh, where is he from? He said, from Nazareth. And look at Nathaniel's answer. Nathaniel, Nazareth? Exclaimed Nathaniel. He says, Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? Can anything, if a pastor is starting a church and you say he's from Kolegono, can anything good come from Kolegono? He says, Nazareth. Can anything good come from Nazareth? We are expecting, if you are talking about inviting me, you know there was, you know, you know Pastor Obi, now Bishop Obi. Bishop Obi, when he was invited to the church, he told them, the church is too small. Grow small. Grow small. You see, your church may be very small, but the zeal with which we invite people, the enthusiasm, your commitment, when they see the commitment in you, he says, come and work over time. We are paying you a time and a half. We say, no, I am going to church. He says, I cannot work that day. Why? Because I have a church service. They see the devotion in you. He says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? Then he said, come and see for yourself. Come and see for yourself. You see, that shows that you are, you are committed. It shows your commitment. It shows you have, you, you have certainty. You have certainty because you are committed to what you have experienced. And you have certainty that if only he will come and experience. He says, come and see for yourself. You just come. All I need you to do is to just come. So Nathaniel will be wondering, what is this that this guy has found? This Jesus that no one knows. His father is Joseph that no one knows. And he's not any big guy. He's a carpenter, not even a priest. And they are not from any, not some big city, but they are from Nazareth. And he's wondering if anything good can come from Nazareth. So he says, come and see for yourself. Philip replied. As they approached, you see now Nathaniel is following him. Nathaniel is following him. And he says, as they approached, Jesus said, now 
Here is a genuine son of Israel. A genuine son of Israel. A man of complete integrity. A man who just does not follow to go to any other ordinary church. Here is a genuine son of Israel. A man of complete integrity. Wow. This is, sometimes you see, some of your bosses, you see them as men of integrity. Some of your co-workers, you see them as men of integrity, women of integrity. So you can't even invite them to church. To invite them to your church that is located somewhere. You look at where they live and the cars they drive and the, 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 the degrees that they have. You see, because if Philip had looked at Nathaniel, Nathaniel is a man of integrity. He knows himself. He knows, look at what he said. He, Jesus said, he says, a man of complete integrity. Then he says, how do you know about me? That means he agrees that he is a man of complete integrity. <laughs> Are you with me? It means that he agrees. He agrees, Nathaniel. He knows that I'm a man of integrity. I just don't follow any church like that. So he says, how do you know about me? How do you know? He said, like a perfect description. You have described me perfect. Like the way I am is what you have said. He says, how do you know about me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathaniel exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God. I'm in it. I'm in it. I am in it. I am in it. I am committed. I am in it. You see, it is you who has not invited. So Philip could have looked at Nathaniel's integrity, his behavior, the car he drives, where he lives, his position at the job, even his name. And said, this is not the kind of guy that is going to come to our church. Are you with me? Some of you, you are not comfortable. You are just not comfortable inviting your lawyer friends. Your doctor friends. You are not comfortable inviting your, 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 your friends that work with World Health Organization. Your friends that work in top UN positions. You are not comfortable inviting them because they are men of integrity. Amen. Amen. But when they see your commitment, when they see how committed you are, when they see the zeal with which you are inviting them, and they say, you say, come and see for yourself. You come and see for yourself. You see, it is Christ that saves, not us. Are you with me? Yes. It is Jesus that saves. They may ask you, where is your church? And then you say, at the Lutheran church. You say, oh, the Lutheran church. We know about it. We come. You say, no, 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 no. It's not the Lutheran church. We patch with the Lutheran people. <laughs> Are you with me? You say, we patch with the Lutheran people. You say, patch. 
You even don't have your own place. And then they ask, are you talking about the Lutheran church on, on, on 84th Street in Manhattan? He said, no, 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 no. This is Yates Avenue. Where is Yates Avenue? It's in the Bronx. Where in the Bronx? By Williams Bridge. Where is Williams Bridge Road? By Morris Park. Where is Morris Park? They have no clue where it is. But then you say, you just come and see for yourself. Come and see for yourself. Drive your Mercedes Benz and come and see for yourself. Drive your Lincoln Continental and come and see for yourself. You will put on your suit and come and see for yourself. Amen. Your commitment. Hallelujah. There are people who don't go to church because of some previous experiences. Do you see? There are some people who don't go to church because they have had some previous experiences with other churches. Sometimes especially with money. You see? But tell them, come and see for yourself. You say, this is a church with a twist. This is a unique church. This is a church, a church with a balance. Come and see for yourself. Your commitment is what is attractive. And until you become committed, you cannot add people. Amen. Amen. The Bible says of the church of old, the old church, that the people continue steadfastly steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They continue steadfastly. In other words, they were devoted to the apostles' doctrine. They were committed to the apostles' doctrine. And the Bible says, and the Lord added to them daily because of their commitment. God will not add to us if we ourselves are not committed. He will not add to us. But when this church was committed, when they were committed, God added to them. Hallelujah. So we want to look at some of the things that will help us to become devoted members. We want to look at some of the things. Now I want to just lay the foundation that devotion, it starts with a mindset. Okay? Devotion starts with a mindset. The state of your mind will determine how you relate to the church. The state of your mind. So number one, Number one, see yourself as a permanent member of the church. See yourself as a permanent member of the church. Amen? Amen. See yourself as a permanent member of the church. Romans chapter 8 and verse 35. Sheila, are you with me? Yes. Yes. See yourself as a permanent member of the church. Romans 8.35. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. That should be your mindset. Your mindset should be that nothing shall separate you from the church. Nothing shall separate you. When you make up your mind like that, then you add all of your strength. 
Then you fight every opposition that seems to want to take you away from the church. He says, you will fight tribulation. You will fight distress. Sometimes distresses and tribulations want to take you away from the church. Sometimes challenges, difficulties want to take you away from the church. Sometimes persecution, famine, joblessness, hunger, nakedness. Sometimes you say, I don't know, I don't have something to wear to church. And that can take you away. But nothing should take you away from the church. Nothing should separate you from the love of Christ. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. Yes. Everyone must see herself or himself as a committed or a devoted member. A permanent member. See yourself as a permanent member of the church. You are not belonging to the church because it is in the Bronx. Don't, don't let your mindset be that I am part of this church because it's in the Bronx. Because it is close by. Are you with me? Yes. Don't, make, don't make this church your church because of the convenience of its location. Do not join a church because it is convenient. Hallelujah. The convenient location may have been the reason for you to have come. But at this time, I am teaching you to make up your mind to be a permanent member. Hallelujah. That is what perhaps attracted you initially. But today, make up your mind that you are a permanent member of the church. It means if we were to move today, if we were to move to another location, it should not change your membership. Isn't that so? If you are a permanent member of the church, then our change in location should not change your membership. It should not change your membership. It should not change how you relate to us now because now we have moved further away from you. It shouldn't affect your commitment. It shouldn't affect your membership at all. Amen. Amen. The fact that you don't pay tolls to church does not make you, does not make the reason to be a part of the church. That if, as long as I don't pay tolls, I don't pay tolls, I don't drive far, it is convenient. That should not be a reason to join a church. So if we are relocated to a place where now we are paying tolls, that should not change your commitment. Oh, you don't like what I'm saying. You see, I got you right there. eh? Reverend, if we are going to pay tolls, then I'll find another one by Ganghi Road. That is why I'm teaching you. Because we don't know where we will find a church. If the church is moved closer to my house, you should not leave the church. Because now it's your turn to pay tolls. I have been coming all these years. Eh? So if now the church is closer to me and you have to pay some tolls on the 87, that should not change your commitment. Adelaide, isn't that so? See, when I brought the tolls in, some people were considering their budgets and their wallets. 
and their membership. Toes and membership. Amen. So that should not be the reason to be committed. You shouldn't be committed to the church or you shouldn't be coming to the church because of free ride. That, oh, they pick me up, free ride, and that is why I come to the church. I learned of someone, someone in the church, sitting here right now, who walks 45 minutes to come to church in the cold. That is commitment. I said, that is commitment. Yes. That is someone who has found Christ and he says, I'm committed to the church. Free ride, no free ride, I'm coming. If I tell you where this person is coming from, you'll be amazed. And walking. So the absence of free ride should not change your commitment. Are you with me? Yes. Yeah. The fact that it's one bus and the bus stops right in front of the church should not be the reason why you are in this church. That when we are now located in a place where you have to take two buses and a train, that we will not see you again. That should not be a reason. I said that should not be a reason. Amen. You see, I am teaching you before we find a place. So you don't say we, we didn't know about this. You think I don't know what I'm doing? I know what I'm doing. I'm teaching you. First, I know things. So, two trains and a bus should not change your commitment or change your membership. It should not change your membership. You see, most of you, most of you live in the Bronx, but you don't work in the Bronx. Most of you live right here in the Bronx, but your job is not in the Bronx. There are some of you who work in White Plains. White Plains. Some of you work in Far Rock Away. I don't know why they named it Far Rock Away. You heard that the job is a Far Rock Away, but you have taken the job. And it doesn't bother you at all. It doesn't bother you. You take train and a train and a bus and a ferry and a bus and an Uber before you get to work and you still go. It's a far place. Some of you, your, your job is a Poughkeepsie. You know Poughkeepsie. It's a town. You see, you, some of you have not even heard of it. What are some of the far, far towns? What are Bedford Park? Wow. <laughs> it's here. What are, what are some of the towns? Monroe. Monroe. On the 87, paint toes. Osini. Osini. You don't even you have not heard about it. But they give you Washington View. You say, where is it? 
you just give me the address i will get there connecticut connecticut denver danbury far away you don't know the place you say give me the address i will find it you see the location of the job does not change your commitment to the job amen i believe that some of you god intentionally gives you jobs that are far away like far rock away Sometimes you find an apartment that is just a little further from the church and that changes your, com- that changes your relationship with us. Totally. Now you have find, found White House Church to a- attend. Say, I attend, I attend White House. Ask your name, are you committed to your job? As, are you committed to the job? You see, because if the job agency calls you today and says that your client has been admitted to a hospital in Albany, you will find Amtrak. You know what is Amtrak? You will get on Amtrak and then transfer and then change and then take Uber and get there. You see, and nothing will stop you. You get up early morning. So nothing should change your commitment to the church of God. Nothing should change your commitment. Nothing. Distances should not change you. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Don't belong to the church because it is close by. Don't belong to a church. You see, your commitment to the church should not be based on anything personal that you want don't be committed to the church or don't belong to the church because you want a pastor who would do your wedding because there are people who belong to churches because they want free pastor for their wedding are you with me yes that should not be a reason to be committed to a church but be committed to the church of God because you love God be committed Make up your mind that you are committed to the church. Not because you want a fine pastor like myself to celebrate your wedding. Ah, but why? To celebrate your wedding. Huh? Yeah. That should not be a reason to join a church. That should not be a reason to join a church. Tell your neighbor that should not be a reason. You should not join a church because you are lonely. You are lonely at home. That is why you are in a church. Huh? Do, do we look like companions for you? Are we companions? You, you, you are using us as companions. You are lonely at home. That's why you have joined a church. That should not be a reason to join a church. Have a mindset that I am a permanent member of the church. A permanent member. Yes, enjoy the wedding celebration. Enjoy the companionship. Enjoy the fellowship. Enjoy the friendship. But make your mind that you are a committed member of the church. Amen. Amen. Number two. 
your relationship with the church must be comparable to a marital relationship. Your relationship with the church must be comparable to a marital relationship. Amen. Amen. How should your relationship to the church be? Comparable to a marital relationship. Don't say now they say we should marry the church. That is not what I'm saying. I say your relationship to the church must be comparable to a marital relationship. Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7 and verse 2. Romans chapter 7 and verse 2. He says, For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband. I'm reading the Bible. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. As long as the husband is alive, the woman is bound by law to that husband. But if the husband be dead, now don't pray that your husband dies. No husband will die in this church. I said no husband will die. Your prayer is cancelled because no husband will die in this church. You say, if that's the case, then let me change my prayer topic. <laughs> he says, but if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. Do you understand? So what it means is that as long as the husband is alive, if there is a wife, the wife is bound to the husband. As long as the husband is alive. As long as the husband is alive. So many wives, they are divorced in their heads. But you are bound by law. You are not going anywhere. Are you with me? They are divorced in their head, But you are bound by law. <laughs> you are not going anywhere. I say you are not going anywhere. Tell the next woman, you are not going anywhere. So think about it before you join a husband. Because once you are married as a Christian, you are not going anywhere. You are bound by law. Huh? So those of you who are in the marriage school, this is your counseling. Make your mind today that once you are in it, you are bound by law to the husband. So you are not happy. So what? You are bound by law. He says, so then, so then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. Whilst your husband is alive, if you get married to another man, the Bible calls you an adulteress. As long as your husband is alive. But if her husband be dead, 
She is free from that law. Please don't pray some topics. Don't pray some prayers. Because as I'm reading the scripture, I'm canceling such prayer topics. All husbands shall live. Amen. And all wives shall live. Amen. We shall live together to raise our children. Okay. So, but if her husband be dead, she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. You see, so that is the only situation where the woman is allowed to marry another man, as far as God is concerned. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. Do you understand? So, you were also bound by the law before you met Christ. But because of Christ, because of the crucifixion of Christ, you are now dead to the law. That means the law has no bound on you. He says, therefore, wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Amen. 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 So we also now, we, are, uh, we should see our relationship to the body of Christ or to the church as a marital relationship. That we are now married to the body of Christ. Amen. Are you with me? We are married to the body of Christ. So you should see your relationship to the church as that of a marriage. You must relate to the church like a marriage. Amen. Now, when you enter into a marriage, you don't plan, for instance, that you are going to be in it for a few years and then get out and get another one. That is what the Bible is teaching us now. When you get into, when you get into that relationship called marriage, your mind is not that I am going in for five or three years and then I will get out and find another. So the same way also, when you join a church, don't let your mind be that I'm going to be here for two years, three years, and then I'll find another church. When I finish dedicating all my children, then I'll find another church. That should not be your mind. When I find a husband, then I'll move to another church. After my wedding, then I move. That should not be your mind. Amen. Amen. You don't leave the marriage because of some unpleasant exchanges, do you? When there are certain things going on, that should not be a reason to leave the marriage. As Christians, we don't leave the marriage because we are not happy. That is not a, that is not a reason to leave the marriage. That is not a reason to find another husband. The Bible calls you an adulteress. And I believe it's the same for the husband also. So you don't leave the marriage because you are not happy. You don't say, I'm leaving because I'm not happy. What about the time that you are happy? Why don't you leave when you are happy? And who said that in the marriage you are supposed to be happy all the time? Who said that? Who said you are supposed to be happy all the time? That you say, I'm not happy, so I'm leaving. Are you with me? 
You are bound by law. <laughs> that is why in the marriage we say for better or for worse. So we should expect worse times. And we should expect better times. Mucho worse times. Amen. And that should not be a reason that I'm leaving the church. That there are worse times. I'm not happy, so I'm leaving. You, why, why is your happiness to do with the commitment? You are not here because we want to make you happy. That is not the reason. You are here, and the Bible says, no tribulation, no persecution, no sword, no perils. You are here be, and expect that there will be perils. There will be tribulation. There will be nakedness. There will be difficulties. And nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. Amen. So the same thing with the marriage. So tell your neighbor, stop that behavior. Every day I'm packing and going, I'm packing and say, stop that behavior. Say, put your pocketbook down, put it down and sit down. Say, you're not going anywhere. Amen. Yes. So compare your marriage, compare your relationship to the church to that of a marriage. In the book of Ephesians, Paul talks about the husband and the wife, the husband and the wife, the husband and the wife. And he says, and in the end of that chapter, chapter 5, he says, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. I speak concerning Christ and the church. It's a mystery. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And we should expect that there will be turbulence. Now imagine a husband and a wife, a man and a woman. I mean, they, have, they are two different people, totally different people that are coming together. Totally different people coming from different directions. With different directions, they have different arrows moving in different directions. Are you with me? That's why they call them opposite sex. Isn't that so? We are opposite sex. That means we are moving in opposite direction. The same sex will never come together. It's never meant for the same sex to come. So when they are the same sex, you see, that is why sometimes the deceptiveness of this world the, and, and, and the wickedness of the enemy makes certain people say, oh, if that is how marriage is, then I will find someone of the same sex. You see, if you are with someone with the same sex, you are going in the same direction. You don't expect there will be any collision. Do you understand? But when the husband and the wife are coming together, it's like two rivers. Two rivers that are coming together. Or the confluence, where they meet. Can you imagine the turbulence? The turbulence that shall arise. Are you with me? So when a man and a woman are also moving, you, are going, you see, each one is going his own direction or her own direction with his or her own issues. You have issues before the marriage. He also has issues before the marriage. And you are both moving. And then you come together. Can you imagine the double issues that will arise from that confluence where they come together? There's turbulence. 
There's turbulence when they come together. This one is trying to go here. That one is trying to go there. This one is trying to go here. That one. There is turbulence and it's expected. So why is it that now you have your own issues coming, this one has their own issues coming, and when you collide, you expect that all the issues to vanish, that there should only be happiness. What happened to your issues? What happened to his issues? They should vanish. Are you with me? But when you come together like that, when you come together like that, you see, when two rivers come together, there is commotion at the point. And then they mingle, turbulence, they mingle. This one is trying to go here, that one is trying to go there. A lot of forces, a lot of resistance. And eventually, if they allow this to go on for a while, if they allow this to go on for a while, you see that eventually they define one path that they are both going together. Eventually. They eventually find one path that the two rivers are. So for two rivers, when you see two rivers, when they are flowing together, it's not just some smooth. The first time they come together, there's turbulence. With the marriage also, it's the same. When we come together, there's turbulence. Turbulence. But when they mingle, when they mingle with this turbulence, there is something called the word of God. If we allow the word of God to mingle this turbulence, to mingle this turbulence, to mingle this turbulence, you give it time, you give it time, and allow, subject this confluence to the word of God, you see that eventually it defines a fine path that the two of them are flowing together. That is why he says, for this reason shall a man leave father and mother. When the man leaves father and mother, he's coming with these issues and he meets the wife. It says, and the two, when they meet, and the two, they shall become one flesh. And then they move together. And they move together. Amen. They move together. But you see, a lot of times, we don't have patience. We don't have patience during this turbulence. And we don't, we don't subject it to the word of God. We don't allow the word of God to, the only thing, the only thing that makes this turbulence flow together is the word of God. That is the only thing. It's not your mother's experience and your father's experience. It's not your uncle's experience. The only thing is the word of God. But a lot of times we don't subject it. We don't allow the word of God. We don't receive the word of God for the marriage. And so we experience a lot of turbulence. We experience a lot of difficulties. But if we will allow the word of God to mingle, you see that finally, if you meet the river down there, you, downstream, you will not think that there was a turbulence where they met. And that is how it is with marriage also. If you allow the word of God, if you allow the word of God, today you are experiencing some rough turbulence. But if you allow the word of God, if you allow the word of God, and you obey the word of God, you follow the word of God, and the word of God for the marriage is very simple. It is very simple. Very simple. Just two instructions for both of you. Very simple. He says, the man, he likes respect. The woman, he likes, she likes love. So the husband, love your wife. And the wife, respect your husband. That's all. Simple. Simple. 
simple. And if you look in every marriage, the man's complaint is that he, she does not respect me. She does not submit to me. She does not respect me. She does not. And every marriage, the woman's complaints, I don't feel love. She doesn't love me. He doesn't show me love. There's no compassion. He doesn't pay attention to me. He doesn't look at my hair. He doesn't look at my earrings. He doesn't look at my nails. He does, they just like love. You don't hear of the woman complaining about anything but love. But love. Amen. If you hear the woman crying in the marriage, it's because the husband is not looking at her face nonstop. That is why she's crying. Because he wants your eyes to be like this over. Every I know things. I know things. She wears earrings and he covers it with her hair, but she wants you to see the earring. Small earring like that. You must see it. It was glittering. You didn't see it? She wants you to see it. And if you are not seeing it, it's not, it's, she's not happy. Shoes. You're supposed to see the shoes. I mean, your eyes have to go down. Man, I'm giving you clues. Because that is the only thing. That, you see, so God in his wisdom, God in his wisdom, he says, husbands, love the wife. Love the wife. Love the wife. God in his wisdom. But you see, we don't allow the word of God. We don't allow the word of God. Very simple. But we don't allow the word of God. Are you with me? Yes. yes. He says, husbands, love the wife. Wives, submit to your own husbands. Respect your own husbands. Look at it in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. You see, and we can never be wiser than God. He made you. And he knows your composite. He knows what you are made of. Are you with me? Yeah. You see, so in Ephesians chapter 5, if you read, he will talk about so many things. He says, husbands, verse 25, he says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men do what? Love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever hated his own flesh, but honoreth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. Then verse 22, it says, Wife, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. In everything. In everything. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? In everything. Not some things. In everything. God is a wise God. 
And it, it goes on, it goes on, and in the final analysis, it says in verse 33, it says, nevertheless, okay, verse 32, it says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, verse 33, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife. Let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. Very simple. Very simple. Very simple. But you see, it is difficult. We have made it difficult. We have made it difficult. But very simple. Very simple. Love your wife. Respect your husband. Love your wife. Respect your husband. Love your wife. Respect your husband. And when you do it, every woman who respects the husband and submits is a happy woman. And every man who loves the wife is a happy man. I'm telling you, if you obey the word of God, he said that is the only way the two will become one flesh. That is the only way they will flow together. The word of God. Simple. And so also shall we see our relationship with the church as marriage. Nothing should separate us. We shouldn't leave the church because we are not happy. You can't leave the church because today you are not happy. What about yesterday when you were happy? You were happy. The other day you were, last week you were happy. You didn't leave. Today you are not happy. So there's no reason to leave because next week we will be happy. You'll be happy. Amen. When you are happy, you can't expect happiness all the time. It is abnormal. It is not normal when you are happy all the time. If someone is making you happy all the time, you should look and say, this is not real. He's not real. He's not real. Because there ought to be persecution. There ought to be perils. There ought to be souls. There will be days where there are souls. We are pulling souls. But that should not let you live. That is why we say nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So say, I am a permanent member. Say, I am a committed member. I am a devoted member. Tell your neighbor, I, look at me. Tell your neighbor, look at me. You say nothing shall separate me. You know, I want to, I want, I, I was going to say, take your phone and record it as they are saying it. But we'll do that next time. <laughs> Amen. Say, nothing shall separate me. Say, no sword shall separate me. So, no tribulation shall separate me. No difficulty shall separate me. Say, when I'm not happy, I'll be here. When I am happy, I'll be here. Say, this is my church. Hallelujah. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. And we will pause here. We will continue next week when we meet. Stand to your feet. Father, we are thankful. We are grateful for this church. We are thankful for this church. We thank you, Lord, for this great church that you have given us. 
that you have made us a part of father we are thankful we are grateful we thank you lord that indeed we are forever changed your love has changed us your love has transformed us and lord we are dead to the law and we have been married to the body of christ father we consider ourselves a permanent member each one of us will consider ourselves permanent members of this house father nothing shall separate us therefore help us give us oh god the grace to belong properly give us the grace to be attached properly may we not be losing by the wickedness of this world may we not be losing by difficulties may we not be losing by unpleasantness may we not be losing by persecution unhappy times and unhappy moments offenses shall not remove us we give you glory we give you honor in the name of jesus we thank you lord for this great church we thank you father that you have made us a part of this house father let nothing remove us let nothing take us away let not perils not swords not trials not tribulations not persecutions let them not remove us we give you glory we give you honor in jesus name amen now with all eyes closed and every head bow you are here this afternoon you are not born again you are saying pastor pray with me i want to give my life to jesus i want to receive christ as my savior if that is your prayer i want to pray with you before you leave this place you want to receive jesus christ as your savior lift up your right hand and i'll pray with you you are saying pastor pray with me i want to welcome jesus into my life i want to receive jesus into my life if that is your prayer is there anyone here like that anyone here like that you want to receive jesus as your savior anyone here father we are grateful we are thankful we thank you lord for the gift of salvation in jesus name amen why don't you clap your hands together for jesus oh clap your hands like a committed member we believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message we invite you to join us on sunday afternoons for our duel of heaven service and tuesday evenings for our word power service for more messages by reverend bright and kuma please subscribe to the qfc bronx north podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738 stay blessed